You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Boom, scada! Hello, welcome to episode 21 of Future Friday. I am the host, Thomas Francis Mayus, and today I am speaking with Chris Cresswell of the Flatliners. We've been playing shows and touring together for at least 10 years. I love Chris to death. He made my heart ache plenty for seeing my friends and family all over the globe. Uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation. I definitely need to make some more phone calls to friends I haven't talked to in a while. If you're one of those friends, give me a phone call. I love that shit. First, a little quick business. Email me, tom at futurefriday.net. Thoughts, ideas, gripes, whatever bullshit, and I will get back to you. I am holding off on the social the moment because I don't like to be beholden to the moment in that way that is firing off dopamine in my brain, trying to get me to pick up my phone every five seconds. It's been a bit of a pain in the ass, and not having that shit on my phone for a week has been fucking awesome. It actually has completely improved my life. What do you know? Uh, if you'd like to subscribe, that would be fantastic. And better yet, tell a friend about the show. It seems to be the way that I find out about most of the podcasts that I like to listen to. All right, now, Chris put out a solo record this year called The Inside Man. It is a collection of covers recorded in self-isolation. It's uh, recorded, performed, and mixed by him at his home. It's fucking awesome. We talk a bit about the process and commiserate on what that's like to kind of just dive in with the equipment at your house. Pretty fucking cool. There's a link to the record in the show notes. My favorite cover is the one of um, We Will Become Silhouettes by the Postal Service. It's phenomenal. You can find that record at chriscresswell.bandcamp.com. Also, check out Last Wishes Supply Company at lastwishesupply.com. It's a clothing company run by none of the crisp self. Uh, it's pretty cool. they got some really awesome shit on there. I'm eyeing up one of those long sleeve tees that they got there. It's funny, I, you know, I never wore long sleeve tees my entire life. And then in the last year, I've gotten maybe two or three of them. One of them's like a weird tie-dye one with mushrooms on it. I absolutely love it. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Going on sidetrack. But I think it's going to be a, a nice fall pandemic staple to be able to just throw on a long sleeve t-shirt and walk around the house and kind of draw neurotic conclusions about the world with a complete lack of evidence. Join me. Uh, check out lastwishesupply.com and lastwishesupply on the gram. Today's guest, after this very caffeine-jacked field intro, Chris Cresswell. Chris, thanks so much for joining me. At the risk of uh, sounding ridiculous, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm all right. I'm okay. Uh, yeah, all things considered, I'm, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. You know, all things considered, Good. exactly. You know, I'm here talking Good. to my friend. Uh we originally I mentioned in the email I sent to you when we were talking about doing this that the, the American Canadian border is closed for the first time since 1842. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. It is fucking crazy. I have a family member who is a border officer, and so I'm kind of getting the inside scoop from her as a, a, a Canadian border officer. As a Canadian border officer, cool. yeah. So I'm getting the inside scoop from her, and it's uh, I mean, you know, throughout this whole year so far, and it's never been good news. So. <laughs> I can imagine not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does she say that? Um, do they have to turn away a lot of people? Are people kind of just like lackadaisically wandering over? There are people trying to play dumb, uh, yeah. not realizing there's a global pandemic and like a huge public health crisis for the first time in like a hundred years. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I guess uh, one this magnitude, you know. Um, yeah, sure. There, there's people that have that have successfully uh, found a loophole, kind of in Western U.S. and Western Canada, or kind of like you know. And like the Great Plains kind of area, mm-hmm. and they're they're uh, saying that they're going to Alaska, to, uh, so they're go, they're finding a way to get into Canada by saying they're going to go through Canada to get to Alaska, uh, but meanwhile they're actually just sticking around and like going to like Banff, Alberta, and just <laughs> and just kicking it on like a patio at a restaurant. 
Wow. No masks. That's so funny. Yeah. You imagine that someone would see like a, a, a South Dakota license plate and be like, hmm, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing here? Yeah, the story I heard was that it was a Texas family. So the moment they started speaking to this uh, this woman working at a restaurant, the woman at the restaurant in Banff was like, where are you from? Yeah. And they said Texas. And she said, that's not in Canada. You should leave. Yeah, you can't and, make that uh, more of an American story than to give them a Texas uh, license plate. They're probably driving a oh massive vehicle, big, big old thick accent. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not that I don't want uh, – I, I, I like not to get real or dark too early, sure. but I, 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 I'm very I, – I don't want this whole situation to um, – I don't want Canadians to 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 be just dead set against Americans. I don't want Americans to be dead set against Canadians. I don't think what we need now is more division. You know, yeah. um, I think we need the exact opposite. So it's concerning how long the border has been closed, and obviously it's for health reasons. But you got to believe that already out there, and even more so, what once it'll continue to be that way, just be, meaning the border being closed, is that it's going to inspire a lot of people to be resentful of the other country. And sure. uh, that's not that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, it's dangerous. I'd, yeah, I'd imagine the rhetoric uh, from people in positions of power will, you know, amplify that, flare it up. And also, I mean, yeah. when people in our modern history, both of our countries, when the uh, government and different institutions that have, hold massive power get opportunities to have to use the power, they don't really give it back. You know, I don't. It, it, no. it would be difficult to see the uh, border being as as open as it was before this, even after uh, September 11th. You know, when yeah. it was the, closed for the first time, um, or you needed a passport at least a couple years after that to go to go back and forth. Whereas you used to be when I was a kid, we just walked to Canada when we went to Niagara Falls. Yeah, and that's like something. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, you can't obviously can't do. And yeah, man, like you're saying, the division, the divisiveness in our country uh, between the two of us, like it's it's pretty wild. It's insane. Even um kind of within our different respective political groups people are like turning on each other there's all kinds of shaming when involved with like people doing things that are within covid guidelines like all kinds of it just seems really confusing and a lot of people have very high emotions but it also does only seem to exist on social media and the news for me so i kind of have to keep remembering that yeah are you um i mean are like you you guys are okay you and beth are okay your families are okay yeah we're good my brother actually uh hilariously enough he is he works at a uh, manufacturing plant that manufactures toilet paper, which, okay. as we know, is in the shortage. Ooh, so he's been big yeah, hookup this year, yeah, right, dude? <laughs> I got a guy. Let me tell you. But uh, <laughs> oh God, he... <laughs> you have a toilet paper guy. Good yeah, for you. right. But he, yeah, he literally uh, has been working really hard this entire time. Uh, you know, okay. f- sixty hours a week to uh, fill the supply, and he's doing good. And that, I first went to him because he's the one who had to like he has has to deal with so many different protocols for like temperature checks coming in on the plant, and yeah. having to spend all day policing employees to uh, you know do things that are anti biological you know like as far mm-hmm. as interacting with each other and shit like that. Um, so yeah, but yeah, family's good. I hope uh, you and good. Katie are good. I, you know things in yeah, Philadelphia man, were very weird at first, and now they're kind of yeah. becoming. I hate to use the phrase a new normal. I think it's a bizarre kind of like, I don't know, not a trigger word, but just like a bizarre way to frame everything because I yeah, don't think it should have to be this way. But. It's, it's, it's somehow like it was I, – I feel like that term was coined to to make people feel at ease with this whole uh, scenario that's unfolding before us. But now it just it, – it feels aggressive anytime I hear it. You know? <laughs> it's aggressive yeah. somehow. Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're doing okay. It's a, it's similar up here in the um, – in, in I'm, I mean, I'm in Toronto and like, you know, 
things are feeling a little more normal. Um, things were, you know, pretty difficult for everyone everywhere at first. Sure. And then you adapt and you learn how to, you know, live your life in this way for a little while. And then all of a sudden, seven months have gone by. Yeah. And there's no real end in sight yet, but there's a little progress in, in at least the way you feel and the way people are able to interact in person from a distance and this and that. I mean, the trouble now with where both of us live is that, I mean, once fall hits, that means winter's around the corner. And then once that hits, shit might hit the fan again, dude. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm sure you feel a similar way. Um, this was the weirdest summer yet, but it was the first one I've been home for in over 10 years. Man, and so glad you it brought was, that up. And it was cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, I feel like there's, there's maybe some people listening that would have seen our bands play shows this summer. So it's not me sitting here trying to say, I'm so glad all these shows got canceled. <laughs> so, you know, I could be home. It's not that at all, but, um, there is something interesting I find about the way you and I both live. Uh, and that we are always kind of moving at a certain pace and you're always on the go and you're just your, your, your body and your brain just become so accustomed to operating at that speed. And when everything hits fucking stop, not even pause, just stop. It's, it's a huge thing to get used to. Um, and those first few weeks, I mean, you guys were on tour, right? Were you in, yeah, we were in Australia. Australia or something? Yeah. That's to cancel crazy. New Zealand and book it back home real fast. And so like you're out there bizarre. doing your thing, living your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we have to go home right now. We have to go home right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's never happened before. Um, I don't know. It just, I, even though so much time has passed and I've been thinking about it a lot, I still can't find the way to properly express how it makes me feel. But in the end, the beginning of it was really tough. Uh, and then now I think I've just gotten used to slowing my program down. And it feels good. And you know what? It's probably good for people like you and I who have lived this life away from home, away from family, away from friends. I mean, with other friends and with other family. But, you know, uh, there's nothing we can do about it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, there, there, I, I don't even think that we need we, to throw the caveat. Just, you know? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. yeah so it uh, it's just been an interesting year, to say the fucking least. But I've really enjoyed being home. Once we kind of figured out we had to cancel everything this year and try to, I mean, we've come up with like 50 different like plan B's now for <laughs> whatever we're going to do after this. And it'll continue to be that way until we really know. But, uh, it's been great, man. Like this is the first time my wife and I have spent us this much solid amount of time together ever in yeah. like the almost 10 years we've been together. So, and it's been great. And we're lucky for that. Cause I know, you know, for other folks, it's it hasn't been that easy. But uh, I don't know. That's been I'm I'm super grateful for all that. You know, out of this whole thing, like there is, we gotta just find some silver lining oh, yeah. out of this whole shit pile. You know, one hundred percent. I uh, I think we don't even need to throw the caveat out there. But people, you know, there's this is a tragedy. There's economic suffering that is unparalleled. Uh, I think that the U.S.'s uh, debt just surpassed its GDP for the first time since World War II. So we'll see what Shit. that means after. Uh, people are medically suffering, but as you know, yeah. as you said, the people from our lifestyle who have been gone and going a thousand miles per hour for many, many years, it has been a nice readjustment to be able to be home. We got a garden this year. I got to actually watch Hell something yeah. go from, you know, seed to plant to part that you eat to that. You just being able to observe that. Uh, 
part of life, nature on Earth is was yeah. super interesting and weird because we're usually just in a van or in a in the, in the wagon yeah. or in the fucking plane flying around. You're trying to grow like basil in the van or something next yeah. year. <laughs> You're not you know, funny like enough, the, we did go to a, a Menards. A yeah, dude, we went to. <laughs> you ever go to the Midwest? It's like a all-in-one Home Depot box store situation called Menards or Maynards or Meenards or something. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't know if I can't say yeah. I've been in there. I think it's a Michigan thing, but I bought an IV yeah. plant from there one time and brought it on tour and it survived the entire, <laughs> no the entire rest cool. of the tour. And it's downstairs cool. on my first floor, floor and it's like 11 feet long. Um, but yeah, wow. it's funny. So you mentioned the, the plan B situation where everybody's kind of scrambling at first. I don't know how it was for you guys, but we, you know, we're continually rebooking the same tours that oh were God, being canceled yeah. every day. Uh, and that kind of turned into, you know, a, a, a joke in and of itself. <laughs> and yeah. everybody's just been kind of scrambling to come up with things. And a lot of people uh, I've talked to, especially we're putting out a, a redone version of our last record uh, in like yeah. know, sometime this month. I don't even remember what day. But uh, while doing that, we did some press and everybody's like, yeah, so we're going to get so much good art and music from this time. And I keep thinking to myself that all the kind of musicians, songwriters and artists that I know are, are working on their art and, and refining themselves. But a lot of them are kind of like branching out into the other aspects of what it's like to be able to be home for this song. Like, uh, cooking uh every day making bread gardening that kind of shit it's been it's been mm -hmm. interesting to see that but uh what so what how are you keeping yourself busy like um what's your typical day like um it is a good point you bring up about artists especially like cultivating other things right yeah. i mean that's yeah because there's so much time in your life if you spend it the way we have you can't really do that um i've been i haven't had much downtime in all this it's kind Love of it. funny to think about that. Like I've been so busy. I think I just am wired that way, to be mm -hmm. honest, man. Like I've just always found a reason to be busy, uh, whether I'm home or not. I mean, I don't know when it happened, but I just all of a sudden years ago, I found that I was I was on tour for six weeks. I'd come home for 10 days and work at the restaurant for eight of them and then go on tour for another month. And then on that tour, you're doing all this other shit. I don't know. I just always been that way. So yeah. now that I'm home. I mean, the beginning of it, it, we were real busy moving things around, trying to rebook stuff, and then realizing that uh, you know this is a this is a nightmare that has that is going to continue, unfortunately, for a little while longer. So, um, I mean, now I'm talking months ago at this point, but <laughs> still true. And uh, I don't know. I one thing I've been trying to do the last few years, maybe somewhere deep down to combat all the bad things I've done to myself and my body over the years of touring is I've been trying to get healthy. So, right. uh, yeah, I've just been like, you know, years ago I changed like my diet and I cut a lot of stuff out and went vegan and I feel great. But then I'd still be on tour eating road food most nights of the year. Yeah. So, and I love to cook. And that's like one of the things, that's one of my least favorite things about being on the road is that I got to eat basically at a restaurant every meal almost. Uh, which, you know, it can be great, but that's not really good for you. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It can also so, be horrible when you're in the middle, in, in a place that would normally probably be described as a food desert, and you see a bar menu like, yeah, we're feeding the bands tonight, and it's like, oh, yeah. Fried chicken fingers, French fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, lettuce, brown, only brown beige food, yeah. Only brown beige food, yeah. yeah. Cooked in well, melted fat beige. of some kind. Yeah. yeah. So it's been really great, uh, you know, Jesus. just fried beige. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been great being home cooking and stuff, but I've also just been finally able to, like, exercise a lot more and, like, do, like, kind of hone in on that part of being healthy for me, my version of it and all that kind of stuff. That's been great because that's been a big challenge of mine in the last – few years being on the road i've wanted to do that it's hard to do it um there's not a lot of uh uh 
you know, as much as uh, I think touring is, is pretty routine based, like that part of the routine is almost non existent. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. you're in a new place every day. So that's been great. Um, I'm what's just, your uh, what's your methods? What do you got going on? It's super basic. It's nothing major. I'm just doing like some cardio every day. I'm doing like 5K a day, but in, in my All apartment. Right. Uh, like, yeah. Not like I'm not running up and down my fucking hallway or anything. <laughs> I just like the I'm fit doing that five... on, just waiting for the rocket ship to go <laughs> yeah. off at five k. Yeah. Yeah. My cat is just like following me back and forth the whole time. Um, Neighbors no, love pretty... it. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the top floor too, so they fuck. They are. They're not very fond of me. I don't think. I don't know. I've just been doing like five k on an elliptical every day, and like some you know basic weights and like floor routine, just like easy stuff. But the stuff that has revealed itself to me this year, it's so basic, but. I, it makes a world of difference. Um, and I'm a Nighthawk too. And when we're on the road, I'm out, I'm, we're playing the show and then I like to hang out after the show. Yeah. And if we're drinking, if we're hanging out, whatever it is, like I'm just up late. So then I usually sleep in. So I'm also trying to change that, trying to become more of a morning guy, Yeah, which is, uh, you know, not a huge feat, but for me, yeah. it's just, it's I mean, for combating years of, that's a pretty big deal. You know, and my, yeah. someone brought up a really good point to me recently about that staying up late uh, on tour. It's that, when you play a show and you play at ten o'clock at nighttime and you get done at you know eleven eleven thirty or whatever, uh, the amount of adrenaline and shit f- blasting through your veins makes it impossible to fall asleep anytime within the next several hours. So I think it's just kind of like yeah, one thing I never really thought about. I was always like, yeah, of course I stay up late because that's like when it's fun. But it's like no, you stay up late because. You, like, would you run a half marathon and then just go to bed afterwards? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, not to get uh, dark or whatever, but it's not surprising that there are, there's a lot of addiction in music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of that, in touring musicians, because you need to find something to bring you down from, I mean, it, like, even if we're just talking like uh, smoking weed or drinking, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the, the G-rated stuff. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, um, nothing good happens know, when not, your happy hour is like one in the morning. You no, know, it's, it's not. not it's not surprising because all that <laughs> adrenaline is really getting you going. I mean, I definitely know about myself that I have a witching hour between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That is when my brain is the most awake, yeah. uh, productive, and it's honestly, creatively speaking, it's when I feel most like myself. Sure. Um, and it's just from years of being on the road and working at a bar. And it's just those are high, those are high volume hours for me, you know. Yeah. So it's 100%. interesting. I'm trying to I'm trying to change it, but I also don't want it to go away yeah. because it's it's, it's kind of romantic sometimes. too. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like it's, yeah, I wrote this at like two thirty. You know, yeah. everyone was asleep. My wife was sleeping. We you know it was a dim light, <laughs> and it just yeah, hit me. Exactly. <laughs> and man, my wife does get up uh, really early throughout the week to go to work, so she's she goes to bed early too. So it's kind of, it's kind of a thing now where like she'll go to bed. And I'll just be like, what am I doing now? Here we go. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, yep. I've been writing, I've been writing a lot and a lot of it happens then. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I've been, re- I've been keeping busy writing a lot. Um, That's great to hear. Hell yeah. Yeah. The yeah, world needs been, it. I mean, I think I needed it too. You know, I, I don't Fuck know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been such a horrible year for so many reasons. And uh, not that I want to make a record that's, you know, all about like a pandemic. Yeah, I don't think that'll pandemic happen. Record that is just, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Becomes one but, of very many. Oh God. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, any, <laughs> try to come up with any creative metaphor to mask the fact that you're talking about the coronavirus. <laughs> good, good luck. It's not going to exactly. work. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been a horrible year. Uh, and there's just a lot on everyone's minds. Yeah. And if I have the opportunity to write some of it down to make, 
maybe to make some of it make sense or uh, just as far as how I'm processing the information, I mean, uh, none of what's happening out in the world makes sense. I want to be clear about that. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's helped me as, as you know, as it always has, like I'm sure for you and, and for sure. our friends that do this, like not even just with music, but any kind of like art form or kind of expression in that way, it just, whatever you're going through, it, can, it, it only helps if you, if you do what you're good at and do what you love. Um, even if you're just, you know, chipping away at it day by day, so it's been, I'm, I'm lucky for that because I know there's a lot of people out there that have just been experiencing this year the same as we have, yeah. but with no real outlet to, uh, to you know, I don't know, to kind of get their head above water other than yeah. sharing like an infographic on the internet. You know what I mean? And, that, and yeah. like, it's not that it's not helpful. It is, you know, um, sure. you're getting your voice out there and you're, and you're engaging in what's going on and these kind of injustices and stuff, but it's, uh, it's a... I don't know. I, I, I know that at least for how I can take information in and then um, dig into it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I have that, that outlet. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that of what music gives to me, uh, the framing of it, I, I like to know that I'm right. You know, like you want to know that you're right inside some way. So when you hear a song that um, makes you realize how you felt or reaffirms how you felt or reaffirms what you think or makes you look at something in a different way, but it's you anyway, you know? So I think that that uh, is the best thing to do in framing as and being able to write about this moment. People can share with that feeling, the way that you're portraying it, the way that you're vibing it with the music and the chords and the things that you're saying is, mm -hmm. is great. It's fucking what we need in life. It's one of the few pure uh, good things. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think, yeah, it's a really great way to share perspective. Obviously it always has been and it'll continue to be. And I think that's what we need probably more than anything else right now. The only, the only drag, as we both know, is that you write something this year and then it's going to come out in like a year or two, probably. Right. Yeah. So that's you know, kind of, I'm, I've been thinking I, a lot about that recently too. I'm like, so what changes between now and then? Dude, I think we're, you know? I think uh, in punk rock and in our kind of rock and roll, the mindset of the generation that we came from and stuff, I think we're a little bit behind in the sense oh, that yeah. I think oh, yeah. music, you and I could write a song today sharing stem files on Dropbox and we could put the song out tomorrow on sure. Spotify or fucking title all those, you know, stream it where the yeah, majority yeah. is where it's going to be listened to. People will buy yeah. the, the vinyl and stuff that collect vinyl, but that, that's the only way, you know, like we might as well just, I don't know. It just seems like we should start releasing music uh, like a lot of like hip hop artists and shit do where they just come out with it and put it out next week. And then there yeah. it's there. It's like an EP. It's almost uh, somebody brought up a great point that uh, it's almost like how music used to be like the first LPs yeah. were combinations of singles because you would just right. write, record a song, put it on the radio, put it out. Uh, and then it turned into like the con conceptualizing LPs and having a whole album that comes out with like, it's fucking crazy. We write a record. Uh, yeah. You and I both, and, and you know, jump in if I'm where I get it wrong. But we write a record. We have fucking 10, 12, 15 songs, whatever. Uh, we write them. We record them. And then for some reason, it takes like eight or nine months to share them, <laughs> even yeah. though the majority of people are just going to download the song. So we have to come up with what? Yeah. Like a marketing strategy? Marketing strategy is people like it, and then they tweet at each other. How, you know, like what? I just don't see <laughs> how, know, how all this other yeah. shit's going to go. We wait for the vinyl to get done, and for some reason, all the vinyl pressing plants in the entire world have like a nine-month backlog. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just does. Something seems off to me, and I could be talking about my ass, but I think... No, dude, I am... 
I am 100% with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the hip hop community has had it dialed in since the 90s as, <laughs> exactly. as far as like how people ingest music or maybe like kind of, I don't know, they could have been uh, kind of looking to the future and kind of predicting how people were going to. Because even I remember growing up, my brother had all these uh, like DJ Clue mixtapes. And uh, who else? I mean, like every, every every like big rapper in the 90s had like their their crew and they're kind of like they had like a lot of them had their own labels and sure. like you know even if they were imprints of major labels like that's great because yeah. that's obviously in like the height of physical music sales and stuff but it's super entrepreneurial and it's incredible to see how the world of rap music hip-hop music everything has always just had their foot on the gas and yeah. always had both hands on the wheel and it's now to the point where I think we can thank that whole hip hop community for how single culture is back, you yeah. know? Um, but it is true what you're saying. There are a lot of rock bands, punk bands, a lot of bands in general, whatever kind of genre, uh, bands aren't really biting on, on that. I, I, I don't know why. I was trying to experiment with it a little bit myself in the last couple of years, putting out like yeah, you were. Oh, singles. Shit. You absolutely were. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to do that because I've been like working on a record for a while and I'm happy to report that the tracking is finished. It Woo. took like a year and a half longer than I thought it would, <laughs> but I was on tour a lot last year and I was just doing it in between. And it was, it was really actually, it ended up being really fun to do it that way. So not to bury the lead here, but uh, yeah, I, I've sure. been working on a new solo record, which feels great. Part of it was my strategy was I'm going to put these singles out, see how that does on their own just to, just to feel how it feels and to yeah. see how it looks and whatever. And it's exciting. It's really exciting to do it that way because you just give people a taste because, you know, I'm going to put a record out as a record uh, in the future at some point, hopefully the near future, since we're going to get started mixing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But all this stuff, as you've said, takes time. And it's kind of funny that, yeah, vinyl pressing plants still haven't figured out how to make a record faster than four months. Yeah. Um, no, no, like I'm not trying to like throw shade on vinyl manufacturers. I mean, we all need them, and there yeah, aren't that's that what many I'm of them anymore. So, ass, like, but... so it's cool. Like, I mean, I appreciate what they're all doing. Uh, I just, it's, I guess it's it's probably way more of like a laborious, uh, you know, uh, process than we understand. So yeah, I'm not trying to talk shit. But fifteen people in Czech Republic, like uh, individually hammering each uh, <laughs> yeah. notch in the record. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. I mean, but it is cool to. At this point, uh, you know, in our existence, see where technology has taken us. And like we could just like you're saying, like we could put a song out tomorrow. I mean, I was doing mm -hmm. like those singles are really fun to do. And I just literally put them out on like a digital distribution thing that I signed up for on the fucking Internet and just, you know, paid a tiny bit of money. And then they're there. It's, it's, just, it. it's yeah, so it's easy. Totally. And, uh, you know, it's, and then, and also I should be careful here. I don't want to discredit any labels out there. I have a lot of love for every record label that is doing their thing. Cause it's gotta be tough. Like we know as musicians, how hard it is to, and how time consuming and how expensive it can be to make a record to like oh, write, yeah. record ma and manufacture and, and then tour a record. Labels sure. are doing this, that exact thing for, you know, dozens of bands at a time. So that's like, that's a lot of work. Um, yeah, and bands, for, you know, as we both know, are not the easiest uh, people to 
tie down, work with, <laughs> no, get dude. anything done yeah, in a exactly. straight line. Like, yeah, yeah we totally absolutely. have done complete 180s uh, for ar- seemingly arbitrary reasons about things. And Epitaph, <laughs> like you're saying, you love to talk, uh, that you love the labels that you've worked with. Epitaph has been nothing but incredible yeah. uh, for and with us. But yeah, and I think that the single thing, it isn't uh, attributable to people's short attention spans or anything either. I think you can see that people have quite huge attention spans and that's evidenced yeah. by the fact that some of the most popular podcasts are like 15 hours worth of content and some of the yeah. uh, the p- TV shows that people like the most are, are serialized intricate stories with lots of uh, complex characters you know yeah, like the Absolutely. white like, all mean, these Netflix shows so I don't think it's like yeah. people are stupid and they want singles I think it's just you know just that infrastructure is there and it works I think that it's yeah I think yeah you definitely nailed it I think yeah, especially with, you know, it's now people are way more interested in watching a TV series than they are a movie. You know, yeah, people sure. people would more would, would rather, I think, commit their time to watching 15 episodes of a show over the course of, you know, however, however long, rather than like sit down and choose a movie to watch one night, you know, yeah. um, which is interesting. Because you can only I think fit it, so much in the movie as well anyway, you know, like you right. tell a, a much better story. Um in 15 hours than you can in two. I mean, what do I know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. You're definitely right. And I think that the single thing is just fun because, I mean, more than anything, you just get to hit people with one idea yeah. rather than this whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's kind of nice just, um, you know, giving people a little taste or something like that. And it's, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's funny when you think of how much goes into making a record and you can spend years writing it and i mean you know from from you and i know each other for a long time like my band takes a long time to make records and we do it kind of by design because um well i mean more than anything we just we want it to come out when it's ready uh and we are we we like to we like to we kind of enjoy the humming and hawing of the process meaning like we'll write a song and we'll record a bunch of songs and then we'll kind of sit on them for a while and then like see how they make us feel a few months down the road rather than just kind of act fast. Sure. Uh, we're all for the slow burn and to let it sink in even with us first before we put it out there to the world. But the problem with that uh, and our situation as the flatliners is I think more of an exaggerated one. Cause we're almost in like, <laughs> we're almost in propaganda territory now. We're like every five years on average, we're putting a record <laughs> out or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um you know, for even, you know, like, like, like you guys have been consistently putting out records because you're able to, and that's amazing. You can still spend so much time writing these songs, recording them in a studio, mixing them, manufacturing it, waiting to be manufactured maybe, and then it comes out, and then someone can just be like, this record sucks. Yeah, like, oh, you can be so like this record sucks. The panic moments of being like, all right, we wrote this, recorded it, and finished it in a period of five months, and you have the night where maybe you smoke a little bit too much weed or whatever, and listen to it, and <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. no, 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 I should have said this there. I can't believe I played yeah. that that guitar line there. You know, just completely like doubt the entire thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you get that, that, that you danger. get that different that different strain you haven't tried yet. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. No, it's true. I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah, I can definitely come from the artist's uh, you know, mentality as well. But yeah. yeah, it's funny to me how it's funny to me how dismissive we can be even of ourselves and of other people's art and stuff. Uh, just because it doesn't hit us right away. Um, I don't know. I think it's funny, man. I think it's 
a weird part of the human brain that has just kind of like impressed me right now. And I think yeah. maybe <laughs> the, 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 the point I'm trying to get to is that I think part of that is because there's so much out there now, yeah. right? So that, that helps the single culture thrive because you only have to take up a little bit of everyone's time with one song at a time. Exactly. Um, but it's also, I think it's tricky to navigate because of that, because I think it is true that because there's so much content out there for every single person on earth to adjust now and to mull over it, like it's really, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say mull over because people want to just kind of be impressed and just like floored immediately. Right. Like the, sure. the expectation is higher now with how much stuff is out there. So Absolutely. it's really tricky, man, but it's kind of fun because at the very least it gives you and I, something to talk about. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, As sure. artists and stuff. And it also gives us, uh, and anyone who, you don't even have to be making music or any kind of art to do it, but people in general, like it just gives you something to think about as far as like how far things have come with how people take in art and culture and stuff and where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, it's not over. You know what I mean? Like the evolution of, of, uh, of human beings and, and, uh, you know, um, curating cultures and, uh, and fucking, you know, making art and taking it in and seeing how it makes you feel like it's only going to get weirder and more confusing. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm curious man. to see I, where it goes, man. Totally. I think that uh, I'm a huge fan of the how it's been rapidly democratized so quickly with the advent of home recording technology. You could go and buy a MacBook yeah. Air uh, used on Craigslist and it will have software good enough on it already that you can use to make music that can come out on the radio, technically. You know, like you're not going to have the experience to be able to mix and master it or know what you're doing at all, but you can, you can do it. It is possible. You don't have to have $100,000 to buy the equipment anymore. So it's kids true. in bedrooms are just blasting out signals, uh, sorry, singles that are, you know, fantastic. And it's really allowed for the democratization of the shit. Like anybody who's good can get on it. And also it got like wildly niche as well. Like if you're into, I don't know, a certain video game and a certain type of uh, music and you're from a certain place, you could find a niche artist that that hits that hard. You know, you can listen oh, yeah. to like a, a, a Minecraft. I don't know. I probably just dated myself by picking the only video game. I could <laughs> uh, and be from Norway and like black metal. And there's going to be a band that like is your band, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it's really easy to it's 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 become easier and easier to like, you know, uh, turn every stone over and to yeah. find your find your place, you know, I mean, but similar to what I was saying earlier about how I still am kind of romanticizing that Nighthawk witching hour of mine and I don't want it to go away. I also all you're saying is true with how technology has come this far with, you know, allowing people to record stuff in their bedrooms. I love it. I mean, I, I was doing it in lockdown. I still am. But I also I feel for our friends who have studios because those are I don't want those to go away either. You know what I mean? So like I feel like maybe right now there's a good balance. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't want to halt any you know um, I don't want to halt any progression or evolution of anything really. But I I think that uh, it's a good balance we have right now, and it's getting maybe what it means is that you're, it's getting a lot more of the youth like inspired to become an audio engineer. Because sure. I think for a while there was it was it was an older generation's thing because it was such a tangible thing that you had to, you know, you're in the studio with this equipment, you're yeah. turning knobs, you're, you were a literal faders. engineer, you know, like I'm yeah, watching yeah. The, the Beatles exactly. documentary where there's a guy with a suit on who, or a lab coat who is an, yeah. a literal engineer in the room. Yeah. is like, well, I guess we can make it sound like that. You know, like, yeah, yeah. So funny I wonder who the like first that. engineer was to like, just like show up to the studio with jeans on. People are like, yeah. what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Right. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> and that was BBC just... just fired his ass immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, oh man! I mean, yeah, I was I was doing a lot of uh, 
I put like I I did this whole covers thing in lockdown, um, like a ten song covers album, um, and I put it out on Bandcamp in like between April and May, no April and June, I think something like that. And uh, I just like once a week would do would work on a cover song, and I would mm-hmm. record it at home. And I'm using GarageBand. I'm not using anything, Hell you know, yeah. impressive. Really, that com- I'm just that's using like a what, stock program. It that's on, with yeah, the computer, yeah. I, I'm, I'm using the free shit I got with my computer. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I got a couple other things like like a like a good mic and a decent interface and stuff. But none of this is expensive stuff. And I just wanted to do it to have a to have something to do during you know the the the, the thick and early version of lockdown. And also, I've been really interested in learning a lot more about about recording about engineering about producing stuff like that i mean i just music is my life so i just wanted to learn about that and i figured well this is how i'm going to learn by doing it and i can only do this stuff alone right now so i'm just going to do this and it was a lot of fun man like it was Yeah. yeah It was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough to anybody who's listening. Uh, if you wanted to give it a try, the best thing to do is to just start. You know, uh, and it took yeah. me. I, I did some work uh, as an audio engineer before, shadowing Andy Clark. I did some producing stuff and, nice. uh, at like Retro City Studios and some some other places. And uh, the thing it took me forever to learn is that the best part of the recording and the most important part of the recording is the actual source. So, I mean, clearly you're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're a very good guitar <laughs> player. Right. It's a, a, a very good. You're working with some good shit, is what I'm saying. Uh, but <laughs> if, you. if you want to get into it, I can't recommend anybody do it enough. Um, and there's some so many cool free resources on YouTube, even though for some reason they're all either German or Australian and like somewhat unsettling <laughs> a little bit. But there's some real good ones on there. There's also a website called Coursera, which uh, partners with um, other universities to create certificate programs and do courses, and they have some really really easy cool. Um, audio engineering ones that you can spend five hours a week, a couple weeks in a row, and you'll be, you know, kind of proficient at the end. So I just wanted to throw that out yeah. there for anybody listening. But dude, nice uh, one. yeah, dude, it's so cool. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes or whatever. Um, hopefully, the uh, I wanted to pivot real quick or, or change uh, course for a second and say that I think that you guys are the band that we have toured with more than any other band <laughs> of, of like one single band. And also, you guys have always been really similar to us. We're very close to the same age, and we've also have known each other uh, within our band, interpersonally for forever. You guys met when you were mm-hmm. kindergarten. You and Scott met, I believe, right? Scott and I met the first day of kindergarten. That's incredible. I wanted to ask, yeah. like, uh, uh, what kind of tools you guys have used to be able to stay such close friends and musicians together for so long. I mean, you've been doing this as long as me to see how many bands come and go and how their uh, personalities either mesh or don't or some of them are centered around one person it's kind of like mm-hmm. yeah all that kind of shit but you guys have been able to take a a friendship and a common background and rolled it into what 18 years of of uh of yeah. the same art project that's fucking badass thanks man yeah it's uh yeah man i mean every year that passes and we reach like a an anniversary of the band's first show and stuff like that like it it always has meant a lot and it always you know uh, it, it, it always makes me really reflect on like what we've done all together and all this stuff. But the closer we get to being a 20 year band, which is soon, it's, it's crazy to think um, how everything kind of added up. But honestly, I can't, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. It's just think, I think we just get along. And the reason we get along is because now we have this band uh, and it's like this shared interest that, you know, takes up our whole, uh, our whole lives and most of our hearts and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, it's, it's, 
I think there's a little magic in it somewhere, you know, like yeah. Scott and I met. It's gotta be. Scott and I met the first day of kindergarten. John and I were in the same grade two class and we were like going around the class and like telling our, our classmates what street we lived on. And we both said the same street name. It's like, <laughs> oh, we live on the same street. That's cool. So then John and I would walk to school together every day for the rest of our time at school until I moved away, um, which was sad. And then Scott and I would go to this music camp as kids and we met Paul there because Paul grew up in a different town. So we met Paul when we were 12. Um, and yeah, just, Damn. I don't know. It, I mean, you know, there over the years, there's so much time spent together that it's, there's been some amazing times and there's been some horrible times. Uh, sure. that's just how people are. Of course, yeah, <laughs> It's of course. nothing, it's nothing that would ever get in the way in, in the way of what we do together as a band. Uh, it's never, it's never, threatened anything we do as a band i just mean you know you know what i mean and you're you're on tour all the time you're and then you're i don't know you're just in close quarters you're gonna know each other so well that you know exactly what buttons to push uh yeah touring is really fun but it's also you you know you take any amount of people put them in that small and that stressful of a situation oh yeah you know dogs barking at each other yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so, but I, I, I don't want to paint the picture of, uh, of it being like a, a strenuous thing. Like it's really the opposite. Like we've, I think maybe that's in part why we take our time with what we do. Um, just as far as like putting, putting music out is because we love that process of like being in the room together and working on it. And like, we're yeah. all, I think all of us are pretty classic overthinkers. Uh, I mean, probably all fucking musicians, in general, <laughs> but I know for a fact that the group of, you know, four individuals that make up the Flatliners, we overthink everything. Um, but, you know, I can't say it hasn't worked to our advantage. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's a beautiful thing. I love these guys so much, and we know everything about each other, and it still feels like there's more to discover together. And the closer we get to that 20-year mark, man, it just makes all of us smile so much more, and it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you know, we've been lucky enough that we've had our um, we've had our world as a band together shaped by people like you and the Menzingers and these these musicians that we've met over the years. I mean, we've we've been super lucky. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of I think a lot of uh, you know bands try to come in maybe a little too hot and uh, they expect a lot off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a single example to back up what I just said, but you, you got it. <laughs> I have the <laughs> I mean, archetype, right? Nor, can, nor would I like want to call people out. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, there's people like that in every fucking industry, whatever. True. Um, but I feel like somehow in the, the people we've come across, we haven't, we haven't really experienced many like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's been cool to just kind of let it all happen. And then now all of a sudden look back like, damn, 18 years deep. All right. You know, it's just kind of, it's what nice. a feat, man! That's so it's fantastic. Two decades. Well, you guys Incredible. aren't too far behind us, are you? No, we uh, started jamming the summer of the end. I think it was the fall of two thousand and five. We had uh, okay. some practices, and then yeah, the next year we kind of got into it. And then when we moved to Philly in two thousand eight, we really started to 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 go at it. We all moved into the yeah. same house with some other people, and yeah, it was the housing crisis, all that shit, all that that. Oh, whole story. true. That's great. Because what's the deal? You guys are all from Scranton, except Greg's from like the mountains somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. So Greg's from uh, a place called Lake Ariel, which is it's probably about twenty miles outside of Scranton. Would be my guess. Okay. 
Uh, Eric grew up in North Scranton. I grew up in West Scranton. And Joe grew up in South Scranton. And Damn. Joe and I's family actually knew each other. So uh, his great oh. aunt was my grandmother's best friend and grew up on the same street uh, in West no Scranton. Yeah, so I met him at like family events here and there. Um, growing up, and then as we got older, we were like, "Hey, that guy's in a band too." And I went to go see his band, and <laughs> kind of just cool. yeah, worked worked that way. But yeah, we we were in a similar situation. We knew each other then. Uh, we have been able to make the band last this long. You know, having the same similar to you guys, I think everybody's just on the same page and kind of puts the band in um in above the ourselves each and above yeah. like the group of us. You know, it became something. It was our ticket, man. It was our ticket to get out of Scranton. It was our ticket to. Uh, to see the world, to uh, not that living in Scranton is a bad thing. I always want, I always feel. I, I go back there and I see my friends and I realize I, all the shit that I talk and I'm like, this is a wonderful situation you've got going on here. How it can be. Side note, get too tangential, but yeah, it was our ticket to get no, out of there. No, I, I can totally back what you're saying. Yeah. I feel the same way when I go back to my hometown. I'm like, what was I so upset about? This place yeah, is great. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> a lot of the, you know, all the people that overdosed and died and all ran into that shit. You kind of forget about, but. Those um, are not good things. That's those right. are not good yeah. things. Yeah, those, those are, are you see, things. even like when you're saying some bands that come in super hot or some people that come in just like so hot and stuff. I'm glad that we weren't able to do that. I'm glad that we didn't become uh, uh, super popular or have any money really fast because I think that uh, we would have we would have burnt right the fuck out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it changes people for sure. It definitely changes people. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah, I, uh, I it's so funny you say that about your hometown. Like, you go back now. We're we're similar age, right? I feel like it's, it's yeah. I'm 34. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm a year behind you, and uh, I just at some point in recent memory, I we we uh, went back to. I mean, I I grew up 20 fucking kilometers north of Toronto. Like I'm a yeah, Toronto so you grew up in kid. Toronto. So I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, well, I take it there's people, probably a train that, that grew we up could in the go. city would have. You know, would have your head for saying that. But. Oh, sure, of course. They're <laughs> always gatekeepers everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Man, we got to look out for them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, you know, we like went back one night and just like kind of kicked it. I think around the holidays, something like that, to like this bar we used to like just, you know, drink too much at and like puke in the corner. Like, just like stupid, course, yeah. stupid 19 year old shit when you're yeah. allowed to drink at first in Ontario. And uh, we went back, and I was like, this fucking rules. Like, I felt like I was in a movie a little bit, um, yeah. which was – there was a nice feeling of, like, everyone's here. It's the holidays. Let's, you know, let's hang out. We're back. Yeah. Like, the, we're back from the city. Let's fucking light it up. All this dumb shit. But, you know, then we spent a little time uh, just spending time, like, in our hometown thinking, like, this is great. I don't yeah. need – I think maybe at some point the, touring so much and you're in a different city every day, whether it's a big city or a small town, whatever, you just, you have so much like bustling around you at all times that you come home. Like I come home to one of the biggest cities in North America and it's yeah. great, but it's also kind of exhausting sometimes. Right. So I think it was like that kind of cocktail of like, that was all happening in my brain. And then I went back to my, uh, you know, kind of sleepy suburb. And I was like, Ooh, this is good. I like yeah. this. Yeah. This is, this is what I need. I, yeah. now, now I understand. This, you just, this, even like the smell like subconsciously just being there, you know, you're like safe or not. Who knows? Oh yeah. For me, going to Scranton, it's cheaper. Uh, all the food is what I remember mm -hmm. growing up eating. You know, it's just kind of like just being in a Scranton's in a valley. You guys have been there. It's yeah, like, yeah. You, you guys are the <laughs> you guys are the last band that was ever allowed to stay at my parents' house. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so <laughs> so oh, we were living. Uh, I was living in Philly at the time. I came home for, I believe it was on Parade Day in Scranton. Which anybody mm -hmm. who's from Scranton knows it what that is. Day. That's when. 
Scranton's population doubles. Uh, it was canceled this year due to the to as we say in Scranton to COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard that people say that like fifty times this last weekend. Ah, uh, he got to COVID. Around. Yeah, he got to COVID. Oh, before to COVID, it was like this. Uh, love it. But yeah, I was up there visiting my brother and and Bobby Barnett and our friend Pat Flynn this last weekend. But um. Yeah, so it was Parade Day, uh, which is a day that's just debaucherous drinking, uh, celebrating your, you know, whether you are Irish heritage or not. Scranton was, you know, b- built that way, so everybody just kind of w- gets wasted all day. And then you guys played in Wilkesbury with Anti Flag. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, yep. and I went down to somehow got the down there. I don't have no idea how I got down there. And then I was like, I asked my parents if you guys could stay. I'm like, yeah, I could stay. And then you guys came and stayed, and we just like got even more drunk. And like, I think I left a pipe out, maybe. Yeah, something, I, I, something I was happened. Say, there was something with weed that happened. Yeah, I think but I, I don't left think we a... met your parents though. You may not have. I don't think we did. Interesting. Maybe only I, one of them I was there. Like, I feel like they were like gone the next morning by the time we woke up or something. Yeah, I think maybe only something one of like them that. was there, and then they left like real early the next morning. But they, my mom was like, "No more." No more <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, "Okay, sorry." I'm like 25. Oh my God. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, you guys you guys closed out that era because when we were in high school or like right towards the end of high school, uh, bands would a lot of bands would come and stay over and stuff. But hell yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about um, like the band dynamics and stuff. I know you and I have spoken about this before. It blows my mind in such a beautiful way when I see like the Menzingers come home from a six week tour. And then like on Instagram, one of you guys posts something two days later, you're like, I'm just having lunch with Joe. Like, I love these guys. I love yeah. these guys and how much they love each other. It's really incredible. <laughs> I'm like, like I know I'm lucky to be, have this magical thing with my guys. But when we come home from a six week tour, like I'm taking a break from hanging out with any, anyone I've just spent six weeks with for at least a week, you know? Oh yeah. But you guys are different. I love that about you guys. It's so, it's so pure. It's so, so beautiful. Yeah. We're buds, man. We get home and and you get bored really fast. It is like you're saying, it's nice to be, I don't want to be near anybody for maybe 24 (laughs) hours. I just need a break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just need a break. But then, I don't know. You got to do something. Maybe Joe wants to go to the (laughs) gym with me. I don't know. See, stop by Greg's and pick something up. Yeah. I mean, you're on the same schedule. I mean, you know, <laughs> we, live, yeah. we live in the yeah, same yeah. neighborhood. We That's can right. all walk to each other's houses, and uh, and we no, we don't really anymore. Actually, just dropped off some pickles at Joe's house like two days ago. Look at so, that! Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, we've gotten into the the home culinary, the millennial home culinary, stuck from COVID <laughs> situation of making pickles and 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 bread. Oh hell yeah! I never did the bread thing. My mom gave me like a starter for nice. sourdough, I think, and then. Uh, I I found a pretty efficient way to ruin it. Um, <laughs> I was I was proud of that. I mean, everyone's everyone's proud of the bread they made. I'm proud of how quickly I destroyed the starter that I was uh, gifted from my from my mom. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure can just live in the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I killed it. Somehow, I think you just like need to feed it or whatever. Yeah, we we made yeah. the bread a couple times when it was when it was really in full swing, and then oh yeah, yeah, it's good. Too much. It's too sticky. It's a little everything. too sticky. A little too sticky. <laughs> but yeah, are man. you growing mushrooms at home yet, or what are you doing? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been growing mushrooms for many years. I uh, I actually just this okay. morning signed up for a. Uh, I'm doing a a food uh, foraging certification program through a company in South Carolina. So you'd normally have to be there to take the uh, the week long course, the weekend course, or whatever. But now it's on Zoom this year, so I can actually go. And then I'll get a certificate to be able to forage mushrooms in Pennsylvania, Oregon, a couple other New York. It's like good for all that shit. And I could like sell them to restaurants and stuff. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, I don't picture myself <laughs> getting that COVID yet. Like right. <laughs> everybody's rumors, like what happened to him? Oh, he let his hair, grow, his bald hair, grow like a foot, and he just l- looks for toadstools in the woods all day. <laughs> 
to sell to the restaurants. He but, stopped uh, wearing shoes. He just he said he didn't need him anymore. Shoes. He said yeah. he never needed him in the first place. Exactly. He said we were trained to the the we've been trained by the elites to walk improperly right. to impress us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But no, I'm loving yeah, good that. Good for you, basket. though. That's exciting. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. I got. Yeah, I really yeah, like dude. mushrooms. It's super cool. Have you guys? So, what do you guys? Um, how is the band active right now? Are you guys able to practice? Is everybody like doing any type of, um, you know? Are you guys all taking the time, like you were saying, similarly to kind of recollect, reconvene, write, and stuff, or is it like a yeah, everybody rolling through? It's it's tricky because um, so Scott and I are the only ones that are still currently in the city. Okay. Paul's not far. Paul's not far away, but he's uh, he's with some family on a farm, uh, which is awesome. So I've it, seen him it's, post it's, a couple of videos of him playing drums outside, and it looks really yeah, cool. Really it's really cool. cool. Yeah, we've been able. It's it's not too far outside of the city, so we've been able to get up there and visit a few times, and it's beautiful up there. And his family's always had our bands back in a big way. Like way back, we jammed at his uh, mom and late stepdad's produce warehouse. Like Very they have cool. this produce, they have this produce company that. They had these offices like in the back of the warehouse back in the day that weren't really conducive to how they do business. Like, so they, they weren't going to use these offices like way out of the way. So they outfitted them with like carpet and a vent because they knew we'd be like smoking in there and stuff. <laughs> like tucked us away in the corner. And like, as long as we showed up after 4 PM, we could jam as late as we wanted. Like incredible, incredible hookup. They've always been great, great to us. So he's, yeah, he's there with his mom. Uh, and like, they've got like family and kind of, you know, like a whole kind of scene up there and, so that's been good for him. John lives like three hours away. Oh, no so, shit. Yeah, he lives He lives uh, three hours east of Toronto. So that's wow. been difficult. We have not jammed since uh, sure. since lockdown uh, had began. And then and then now he's been kind of semi-lifted or whatever. So cool. that's tough. Um, but I mean, you know, it could be worse. Like at the very least, like we can all like share ideas and we can, we're, we're chatting all the time and like trying to come up with maybe a timeline when we can get in the room. It's just difficult with, I don't know with that kind of at this point with the cross pollination of, you know, you're, you're, you live in that city and we live in this city and like this city's got its problems and that city's got its cases. And then what happens when we get together? And yeah. We're still being pretty, yeah, we're still trying to be pretty careful about that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, we haven't, there's no, there's no real jams to speak of yet, which is too bad because man, like we haven't had this much downtime. I was thinking about the other day. We haven't had this much downtime since we were writing The Great Awake, which would have been yeah. between 2000, which would have been during 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all I want is to get in a room with those three guys and not accomplish anything. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get Play in the, the room. same four chords oh. in the same way for an hour and it becomes like a group yeah. meditation. That's my favorite fucking yeah, yeah, thing yeah. in the world. Yeah, I want to just get to like I want to bring it back to like when we jammed in my parents' basement and there was no door on the basement, so they were like listening to us learn how to play our instruments and write. So they would just literally be listening to what you said, like like the same bar, same bar of music for four hours. Oh god, I love it. Yeah, I don't know how anybody who was around us while we were practicing ever dealt with it. Uh, (laughs) We uh, we actually also have not jammed yet, so we did that whole uh, we recorded a record remotely. Uh, We did did it all separate. We did it all separate in our houses, wow. so we had to do. I cool. think Joe did a bunch of it on GarageBand, or he cool. did it on Logic. They were doing like a free trial kind of thing going on for a yeah, bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we did also had to kind of like throw. So some of us had to jump into the deep end of uh, home recording, and it was you know it was really interesting to work it out that way. But yeah, we haven't yeah. jammed, and we've been trying to navigate. Um, how we're gonna do that we did move into a new space so we have met up we had to clear out our old space uh which is like a whole wild ass story that uh, you wait know, was that the sometime. place you were sharing with a bunch of bands 
uh, kind like the warehouse no, kind of thing? no that that oh. was an old so we used to have an old taxi dispatch office above a warehouse on uh, in okay. between seconds and Moy Mensing on Tasker. And so if, if you walk by there now, it's actually like a row home mansion. It's a, we call it Cheesesteak Mansion because it's I think it's the people who own Pats <laughs> took oh, knocked shit. out the space of the warehouse and they built like a familial complex inside oh, wow. of a, a, where row homes would be. It's super weird, but we had that we had that space that you're talking about forever. It was an old, super really cool place. But then we was moved that the into, place that like Sheer Mag was jamming and all those bands? No, that's the next place that, that we got. So okay. that was uh, over on Gray's okay. across from Bartram's Garden near uh, Gray's. Uh, okay. Ferry, and that was like a weird, wild scene. That was like I got shut down by L and I while we were on tour. Uh, oh shit! They had the, we by the end when we were leaving, I couldn't get in touch with the landlord. There was a fire that would start if you used one of the light switches, so we had to turn the breaker off. We were paying like out the ass for this place. It was in an old um, appliance storefront, was what it was. But the whole building is an old paint building. But there's like they were having like DSA meetings there, and they were having illegal shows, and it kept getting shut down. It was just a uh. it was a fucking mess, and they didn't take care of the building. Um, but now we got another Damn, place. Dude. Then that is that. So we all had to move in there, and that was cool to see each other for the first time. While we were yeah. How that. how long how long had you not seen each other for? At that point, um, I, we went definitely like the longest we went without seeing each other was honestly probably like three or four weeks. Uh, we we okay. definitely walked down like rang the doorbell uh dropped we ch- shared food when everybody was d- just trying to figure out what to do with their hands while we no one knew what to work you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. their own little projects but uh yeah we're trying to right now actually looking at my phone i think there's 16 uh messages of of the guys we're trying to figure out <laughs> what would be safe to figure out for practicing and that kind of shit so it's tough yeah. in the states we don't have uh there hasn't been a central um narrative so a lot of the facts of things, and I'm sure you know you, we consume the same media and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things have become politicized. It's very bizarre to kind of like yeah. people kind of some people move into these camps where they go balls to the wall in every direction. People think that the virus isn't real. People think that people leaving their house is 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 like some kind of crime. Like uh, it's mm-hmm. it's really fucking weird, and it's been really really difficult to parse through what actual information we need because it's coming from fucking the Philadelphia government, the Pennsylvania government, the federal government. Yep. It's just it's very bizarre. Yeah, I feel. I, God I, damn it! I, I, and, <laughs> motherfucking god damn it! I uh, I can relate <laughs> in the sense of uh, it's been. I mean, it's been handled differently. I I think up here, but also, it's been a little mismanaged. I mean, how could it not be? I think these fucking people yeah. are making it up as they go along. I mean, there's obviously <laughs> you you like you know governments have to ha- have some kind of plan in place. But uh, I don't trust it. I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go on a limb here and say I don't trust the government, okay? Uh, yeah. I never told that to anyone except my wife either. Yeah, no. a little afraid um, saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just – it's it's been so confusing. And in a time where everyone has – I mean, there's still people that have been working this whole time, have kids and of families. And, yeah. and there's like even, even you know, guys like you and I have had little or no downtime. But um, everyone does have a little more time or a lot more time to varying degrees of being able to take in this information and to really see how it makes you feel and to really think about it and to see how you can apply it to your day-to-day life. Yeah. And it's, it's confusing. It's, it's, it's so confusing. And that's the, I mean, you know, it's, uh, um, there was all these communities around this, around Toronto that were moving into different stages, but Toronto wasn't yet. Uh, so, but like me living in the city, if I wanted to be a dick about it, I could have driven an hour outside of Toronto and gone and sat on a patio at a restaurant no mask and just yeah. hung out and then come home to the city and i could yeah. have done that so like and that is relying just, on you to not do that <laughs> but you exactly could, you so, could have yeah. done that yeah 
that's just one example of how you know you can so easily get around these uh these kind of suggestions these recommendations these these you know like public health guidelines that are being put out there so like it is yeah. important to listen to them and i want to say that i wasn't doing those things okay <laughs> i was not doing those <laughs> things but there are people that were and yeah. still are and um i don't understand the arrogance of people out there saying i don't need to wear a mask um you know like i i'm only worrying about myself or the the, the audacity people think it's fake i mean what the fuck are these people thinking? I know it's no, it's no new hot take. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand <laughs> it. It's so arrogant. It's so ugly. It's sure. disgusting. And I just, the, the more we just do our thing and play it safe, the shorter this will be. Because everyone at first, whether we're talking about canceling tours and rebooking them for the summer or the fall, or just people in general, talking about how like, oh, I guess... Uh, Guess uh, my birthday in May might be a little bit of a lockdown birthday, but you know your birthday in November will be good. Like no, like this could last way longer than we yeah. think. The like the arrogance Very of the human bizarre. race, the arrogance of the human race is just showing all its cards, and it's yeah. it's really it's really disheartening, man. And I mean, I've been so conflicted, probably more conflicted than I ever been uh, between being like so inspired. And also just so misanthropic and disappointed, you know, and everyone's a person and everyone's flawed and everyone's got their problems and no, and you know, it's, no one's perfect. I understand that, but let's try. We got to try a little harder. I think everybody, I think, uh, I, I do. Some people, I understand why they feel some of those ways, not necessarily the, um, so I think there's a couple parts to it. One in a place uh, like, you know, Canada or anywhere in the, in here in Pennsylvania, you have counties that, are wildly rural, you know, where only mm. a couple thousand people live in a place that's the square footage area of like Rhode Island. Um, yeah. and then places like Philadelphia, which is, you know, there's, there's 2 million people here slammed on top of each other. It's the mm. rules aren't going to apply the same to each of them. So you have people who might be in that's a county right. where no one has gotten sick at all, uh, or they haven't had an active case of it for, you know, I don't know, fucking two months. And then mm-hmm. you can't go to your dad's funeral but you can watch everybody going to these other funerals on TV or you can't go to church, but you can go to Walmart. So I can understand why someone would Mm -hmm. get upset about that or confused, but the selfish nature of people who refuse to wear masks and say it's because it's uncomfortable or because of whatever it's that science is, is there, you know, they at least know Mm -hmm. it's better than not wearing a mask. So I hope that that kind of, uh, that, that selfish inclination that we have in this, this point at this point in Western civilization here goes away i mean we're missing a lot of the institutions and things that people used to be a part of there's no fucking bowling teams anymore there's no um you know people <laughs> buffets are out buff- okay. buffets are out no more buffets. The, a lot of the civic yeah. associations that people used to be involved with decades ago aren't there and i think a lot of people are, are are by themselves now and they don't feel like they're part of a community and they're kind of like being really insane and lashing out and consuming information that's just wrong and, and fucked up and yeah. I really hope that that goes away. You guys, did you guys, so one example, you guys, uh, did you play Japan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember you guys were there uh, before us. I remember asking you about uh, different aspects of, remember seeing how many people wore masks all the time there? Yeah. And uh, I remember asking um, uh, Mizuki who had us over there, I was like, hey man, why is why are these people wearing masks? They're afraid they're going to get sick. And he's like, no, you wear a mask when you're sick. 
mm-hmm. because of the collectivist nature of the culture. You just like you would do that, and I hope that that is one of the byproducts of this in the future. Is that people don't go to where that whole like go get them hustler attitude is great, and I think a lot of cool things come from it. But yeah, I, I don't think people are going to go to work anymore when they're sick with the regular cold. And I hope that I see people wearing masks, you know, for for the rest of the time here as as whenever they're sick. Like I hope that is something good that we borrow from it. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. It, it it could be, and if 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 that's true, it could be uh, the beginning of something really good. Because another thing with uh, going to Japan, I, I noticed the first time was that, in addition to the mask thing, which I thought was so, um, it's just like really considerate thing to do. So yeah. you know, that's great. That's a great thing. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great launching point. And then I would look around, and there was no garbage anywhere. There's also no garbage cans anywhere. There's no garbage cans anywhere either. So I'm thinking, like, these people figured it out. Like, this is amazing. I love it. Like, I mean, so much of the, of Japanese culture, I think, is based on respect, um, and it's 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 a mutual respect. It's it's respect for each other. And I think that the like, hopefully, if like if if people in Western culture can lock down the mask thing and like just really wrap their heads around it or yeah. it, it around their head, I should say, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and get to a point where we're borrowing more and more from where we learned that little mask trick from. Imagine, imagine you could walk around Philly and not see any garbage or oh garbage. Can people, you imagine? You, have garbage, you just Jesus put it in your pocket. Christ. You just yeah. put it in your pocket and you hold yeah. on to it until you get home or you see garbage can and boop, that's it. There's also no cigarette butts anywhere. Yeah. And there's like designated smoking sections. I don't know all this stuff. It was it it was it, it, that was one of the first places we went where it really felt like we were a world away. Um, exactly. exactly. You know, you go to Europe and it's it's a, it's an incredible experience uh, the first time. And for me, it continues to be. I love going traveling in Europe and stuff, playing shows, this and that. Being being in those places, you know, you're you're seeing a different language on a street sign, for instance, but mm-hmm. it's in the same alphabet, right? Yeah, so, it's the Phoenician alphabet. Even the yes. nonverbal communication is very similar. Like, you can go to mm-hmm. Italy or even Brazil or, or, or Mexico and uh, or Toronto. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, you, now you go and you can kind of, like, get by. All the behavior kind of makes sense. You can read people easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything looks similar. I mean, half the shit is in English because it's, like, yeah. American, English, and Canadian <laughs> yeah. companies that sell them the stuff. But, uh, yeah, going to Japan, I think you articulated it perfectly in saying that was the first time you feel worlds away. It was the first time that I saw yeah. humans that are me. I'm, like, this a society and a civilization built by humans that have fundamentally different... Um, aspects to it or came mm-hmm. from different values and it was just so eye-opening and fascinating to take uh, take away those great things and i could see that there'd be arguments against that kind of collectivism uh in certain regards or whatever but those things were beautiful even unloading the van you don't have to watch the van because this don't have like that kind of petty crime no one would walk up and steal a guitar out of the van like it's interesting yeah yeah, yeah it was uh yeah it was definitely a, a pretty pretty impactful like first visit you know and uh but I, I i really remember seeing someone with a mask on the first time and uh this guy daisuke that was showing us around i had i had a super similar conversation with him i was like what's, what's up with the masks we were on the train so i saw a couple people wearing masks yeah and he was like yeah if you if you feel sick but not too sick to like you know go to work if like you're still gonna live your life but you have a little tickle in your throat you just put a mask on your face I'm like yeah. oh that's so that's so sweet <laughs> great yeah let's do that that's, that's very nice yeah so and simple yeah yeah and i think a lot of that's going to come out when we look at i hope someone makes a documentary and well two one i hope somebody makes a documentary about the flatliners for their 20th anniversary because (laughs) i would watch the fuck out of that and it would be amazing 
Another one, I hope that somebody takes this premise and just turns it into a documentary that I can watch. Something that requires no work on my part at all. Uh, someone <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. takes the effect that coronavirus had on a place like Japan and then mm-hmm. on the United States and then find the different data points and metrics and see why it was such a wildly different reaction, even though yeah. you know Japan didn't have to fully lock down and didn't have to do the things that we tried to do in certain regards. I would love to see, I would love to see the, like the fundamental differences as to why that happened. If they even can, I don't know. Every time a, my friend sends me like a, a, a study summary of something that they're learning about COVID, it just shows that no one fucking knows anything about this goddamn virus. It's, it's very confusing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's maybe why it's going to last longer than we, uh, <laughs> arrogantly yeah. want it to, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know, man. I am, I am trying to remain optimistic though. I don't mean to paint that like, you know, uh, you know, kind of um, just negative picture. I, I, I want to, I want to get out there and, and do what I do. I want to, I want everyone to be able to get out there and do what they do. Um, yeah. But you know, if, if, if this year is a reset year and we're learning a lot of things about like the, the planet and, and us as people. And if they're, since a lot of them are bad things, we should probably take this time to address them and learn from them and, sure. you know, uh, learn from our mistakes and and correct our path here because it's I don't know man it's uh, it's getting I would bad. say that we're it's obligated it's not yeah. I think we're I, I I think you're right we are obligated and it's not too late I just think that uh, you know at, early on this year I had the thought I was like oh fuck let's just let's just you know fast forward through 2020 and whatever let's <laughs> let's get it over with but now there's something there's something kind of well I, I just I, I feel like it's like a it's important to sit in the discomfort of it all, yeah. you know, and to really think about it and, and try to come out of this year stronger. Even if, if, if you're talking about you as an individual or your family or your group of friends or just, yeah. you know, as, as people, I think, uh, like we're, we, there's a lot of shit being thrown at everyone this year and, uh, we got to correct the path, man. And, you yeah. know, it's a little bit if Wizard of Oz-ish, you know, like they're kind of, uh, the distractions are gone. The curtains have been pulled back. You, uh, that's right. it's kind of like you're, this highway of life we've got a fucking flat tire and we know we're not leaving for another four hours or whatever so we just take the time to sit here and reprioritize actually prioritize what you want to do how you affect those around you like how you can use your love and relationships to make their lives better make yourself better i think uh i think we're obligated to do that and everybody can do it in their own way i think i get this like i don't want to call it cheesy but keep saying this uh, there is like people with your type of personality, mine, that kind of, you know, our bandmates, we are like, okay, we've got six months off. I'm going to get this, 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 and this done. And if I don't, then it's a failure. I have to like yep. go 100,000 oh, yeah. miles an hour. If I'm stuck in my house, I better write four albums. Otherwise I failed, <laughs> but that's, I know. Not, you know, that's not the case. A lot case, of pressure. Yeah, totally. And I think that people, you know, you, you, people can grow in their own way, but also there is like a bit of an obligation or responsibility. I don't think you can just you know, drink wine and eat sourdough bread the whole time and (laughs) just come out the other side. And I know that 22 year old me would find this unfathomable, but 34 year old me is kind of like, all right, well, if there's a, you know, besides people who have been completely decimated and the economic destruction that is happening and is going to happen, this might be that weird year. It's like, okay, well we had a weird year or weird two years or wherever, where college football didn't happen. And mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, we didn't tour, but we had to figure out another way to make money, and we got these other yeah. jobs or whatever. And that's uh, we I just spent that, our okay. time. We just spent our time figuring out who we are and smashing racism, and uh, yeah. you know, just tearing down the amount of money police make, and realizing that you know, like people die from a disease that's real. Yeah, you know, from a broad, virus that's real. Broad systemic yeah. changes. Of when <laughs> yeah, possible. yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, man. I yeah, I long ago I I bailed on my yearning for this year to be fast forward. I was like, you know what? Like yeah. this year is half. Well, a little more than half over now, I guess. Like, let's just sit in this discomfort. Let's learn from it. Let's turn it around. And hopefully, this year being so bad that you know this is the worst of it. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. You know no, what I mean? Don't. We don't know. That yet. So. We don't know. Who knows what twenty twenty three is going to be like? We're going to be wishing oh, it was twenty twenty. But yeah, uh, so I, just, I, kinda, yeah. I wanted to ask you a few things before we kind of get get wrapping yeah. up. Uh, is John still doing Wing Chun? Yeah. All right, hell yeah. So John, for those who don't know, uh, sometimes talk about uh, martial arts on the podcast. John does uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu, and he's really fucking good at it. Have you ever seen it? It's like you practice on a dummy, and there's different modes and hand moves they do. And uh, last time I saw him do it was when we toured together in Europe. So he's got to be real fucking good at it now. That was like three years he's, ago. He's doing it a lot. I mean, he's got his, his wooden dummy at home. Hell yeah. But he's had a lot of time to practice. Um, I remember when he was telling me and the guys that he was getting a dummy in the mail, we were like, what dummies he can't even. we had no idea like because he would he would, he would share he would he would share these these parts of his life with us but i mean i didn't know you practice on a dummy so i it took me a little while to figure out what the hell he was talking about but um yeah he's he loves it I, it's 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 good for a man it, it like it centers him i think everyone needs like everyone has their own thing yeah and for him it's that and he, he so really sad. loves it man it's really good for him yeah, yeah you should look up a youtube video and watch it if you're listening it's pretty it's pretty fucking cool mm -hmm. and uh, i also wanted to ask talk to you about the cooking series you guys are doing on Instagram because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so fucking funny and i love Thanks, it so man. much i really want to try the uh it was a pancake double cheeseburger that you made <laughs> yeah 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 cheeseburger it was like a cheeseburger big mac pretty much but with uh, pancakes hell yeah of, uh, yeah yeah Instead of a bun. Yeah, I consider <laughs> myself a, a, a pretty good cook. I've been cooking for you. I've worked as a cook, a wine cook, and shit like that. But I've never made pancakes before my entire life. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. yeah you showed so me. So easy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Hell I'm yeah. glad you like those videos. They've been a lot of fun. There's still more fun to come. Yeah, uh, you guys got to check them out. Yeah. They're so fucking funny and awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you to close out. I've been finding a lot of good things from people whose opinions and, and um, worldviews I agree with and trust and whose like, art is pretty cool. What uh, Have you been consuming anything good recently? You watching any good shows, reading any good books? Is there any music we should check out? How is that getting these recommendations? Yeah. I've been, I'm a very slow reader, uh, and I, I get distracted easily. And with the amount of time I typically spend on the road, in, in recent years I have not been – reading as many books as I would want to. Sure. Um, but in the last few months, like I love, it's so cliche and so obvious, but I love like rock and roll bios and stuff. Dude, so I read... <laughs> what, what, have, what have you been, there's, I've, I've always forget how fucking good they are until I read They're one. Great. They're great. They're great. Right back into it. I mean, you know, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a movie documentary sense, like I could watch a rock doc about someone I know nothing about or like uh -huh. couldn't give a shit about. Like, like I grew up like thinking the Eagles were fucking lame. And then I watched the four-hour <laughs> documentary a couple years. I was like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. Um, you know, I just, yeah. I, just, I just fall for it every time. So yeah. I read the uh, I read the Jeff Tweedy book, uh, Let's Go So We Can Get Back. Cool. So, it's Je yeah, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Big Wilco fan. Uh, I can I have Scott Brigham of the Flatliners to thank for, for that whole musical introduction. He's a huge, huge Wilco and Jeff Tweedy fan. So, um nice. Yeah, that's a great book. He's got a great story. Uh, I just started reading the Robbie Robertson book, which is really cool because there's a lot. He grew up in Ontario. His mom is of Six Nations, so she she was living uh, on Six Nations for a while, and then she moved to Toronto at some point. This is in the 50s, early 50s, I believe. And then uh, the area she lived in Toronto is like right like where I used to live, uh, 
it's the now it's the annex there's like christie pitts park and everything but it's it's uh, it's along the subway line the east west subway line in, in toronto so that's bluer street and this whole just this neighborhood that like i i'm very familiar with in the city so that's really cool to, that's like, really cool that. that's got to be awesome um, to be able to bring it all home and like see in you know, yeah the businesses street names that kind of that's that's fucking yeah cool, so. and he's like he's 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 telling these stories about him walking around those neighborhoods as a kid like this is what before he plays with you know ronnie hawkins and bob dylan and is in the fucking band and you know like all this yeah. insane shit that he goes on to do so it's really cool um what did I say? I read a couple books that I wasn't like that thrilled on, so I won't even speak on them because I just feel like that's mean to be like Dude, that book sucks. Somebody <laughs> said something on a podcast, and I feel like this is the fifth time I said somebody said, and I should credit them. Yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody said one time they're like, "Yeah, I'll get a book sometimes, and I'll read a couple chapters, and I don't like it, and I stop." And they just normalized that for me, and I didn't. I was for oh, some reason was so ashamed of doing that for so many years because I was like, "No, I, I bought this book, or I got it from the library. I have to finish it." And then I realized so many times where I get like halfway into a book, I'm like, "This." I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'll read the I summary on Wikipedia and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, gotten to that point yet where I'll bail on it, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I read a couple this summer. I was like, eh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my brain going. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be the best book ever. Um, Man, I, I think that I've been writing a lot this year, Um, and I found that in recent years, when I'm writing a lot of music, I stop listening to other music. Sure. Uh, not completely, but my 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 listening of music really takes a dip. Now, lucky for for me and like you know the year we're in and all this stuff, like there's, I can still be entertained. I can listen to podcasts and stuff. And I can get entertainment yeah. out of that. But then I can also like work on my music. And I I I don't know why it is. I have a theory that it's maybe I'm like worried I'm gonna like inadvertently steal something, jack some melody, <laughs> and put yeah. it on a record. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think I'm kind of it's my like defense mechanism. Um, but I will say I think like one of the best pieces of music I heard come out this year was uh, put out by a band called Twin Peaks from Chicago. And Ooh. I love that band so much. And they put out like an EP. It's, it's, it's a four track thing called Side A. So I'm assuming they're going to maybe put out Side B at some point too. It's incredible, man. Uh, I want to say these guys are younger than you and I. And it sounds like some shit like that. I don't know, dude. This is like some high praise, but I really stand behind it. Like you can tell these dudes love like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And now I know... Wow people listening at home will be like okay well those are the two biggest bands ever so sure but there's something it's 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 more it's more than it's more than just them being fans like it some of this shit sounds like it could have come from that era um uh, like specifically on this ep called side Very a cool. some of this sounds like i remember the first time i heard tame impala i was like that's that's if john lennon was here today you know uh very similar kind of stuff sure. yeah i just like his voice and like just the the way the the music goes i don't know i just i fell so in love with it and same thing with twin peaks man i these they're they're amazing they just have really like Damn, blown my i don't mind think you how... could have given a higher uh recommendation or or, or like a more loaded <laughs> praise for something i have to check I know. this out now <laughs> i know there's I, I i bet some people are gonna listen to this and put it on they're like this sucks <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it's it, it was just something about that hit me i was like damn like this is like it's really just good like like air, like a certain era of rock and roll, like they're worshiping, I think, and they do it well, man. I'm just maybe I should have said it that way instead. <laughs> yeah, damn, I'm so it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's man. really, really, it's really great. Well, uh, a huge thank you so much for coming on, and thanks so much for those recommendations. I'm gonna throw them in the uh, in the show notes uh, at Sweet. the end. But dude, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, I can't buddy. wait to see you in person again. 
I know we we were we've been pretty lucky the last few years, like you know, running to each other on the road a lot. Oh yeah, and uh, it'll continue. But yeah. yeah, buddy, I know I miss you, and I'm glad everyone in your in your life is is doing all right. And uh, I don't know, man. Until until we meet again, dude. Yeah, Hopefully, dude. it's uh, in person. Dude, uh, please send my love to the rest of the boys. I will, man. Likewise. So long. Huge thanks to Chris again. Uh, the links to the books and music he mentioned are in the show notes, but just in case you missed it, they were Let's Go So We Can Get Back by Jeff Tweedy and Wilco, Testimony by Robbie Robertson, uh, and the record was Side A by Twin Peaks, which I have since listened to before recording this outro, and it's fucking awesome. I recommend it a, a whole mess as well. If you want to listen to Chris's music, look up the Flatliners, for God's sakes. Um, his solo music is built on chrispresswell.bandcamp.com. And until next week, we'll see you later. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.